with David Ian and Kate Dale. The show that plums the depths of mediocrity, celebrates the ordinary, and enjoys the everyday. Welcome to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. I'm David Ian. And I'm Kate Dale. How are you doing this week, Kate? I'm very good, thank you, David. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I've got something on my mind I want to talk about now. No way. That's lucky. <laughs> Imagine. We actually have any guests this week. No, so it's you're... just family. Aren't you lucky? Um, so I want to talk about... Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I use that, I always have a slight like, oh God. <sighs> Buckle up, what are we in for now? So this is the thing. Um, for a long time, for like, well, since Go like on. the late 90s, um, I have been a very big fan, some might say obsessed, with um, a British soul singer called Beverly Knight. Of Beverly who doesn't um and so she has she's got like a really successful pop career she's considered probably the best um vocalist in the uk right now well for like the last 30 odd years um and then she's made this crossover into um being a west end star she's done loads of shows a brilliant leading lady um she's in sylvia right now at the old vic um, but she's done loads of things like the bodyguard and memphis and things like that and she was in cats um, and she's amazing. And, um, but I would say that she's never really received the recognition that I feel like she's deserved, right? And why do you think that is? Uh, Institutionalised racism within the UK entertainment industry. Carry on. You didn't think I had an answer to that, did you? <laughs> no, it was genuinely what's going on. I've yeah, always yeah. thought, and I mean, I've done no studying of the of the subject or anything, and there's no humour here, but um, I've always thought that if she was American, if she'd been in America, she would they would have known what yeah. to do with her. Um, and I think if you listen to, to like any interviews or watch any interviews with her, this is touched on quite a lot. And um, the labels always wanted to like mould her into something that, that she wasn't and that she didn't want to be. And one of the things I always really identified with and really loved about her was that she was really very much herself and that what she wrote really came from the heart. And um, she she was signed with Parlophone, which was a big label. And um, when that contract came to an end, uh, when she was like, she was like got to like the pinnacle of her commercial music success, or I believe, um, she they wanted to do like a 360 deal where they would have made money out of everything else that she was doing. And she'd always like financed her own tours and things like that. So she didn't want to give that up quite rightly. So she set up her own record label and went independent. Yeah, I know I'm obsessed. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the point, the point of that is she, she released an album called hundred percent and it was just incredibly personal. And a lot of the songs on it, like there's a song on it called gold chain. Um, and it's about the control that they wanted to have over her. And I think that really speaks to what the, the problem was anyway that's not what i wanted to actually talk about <laughs> no sorry and i was laughing just because it's, it's the way you describe the business side of what you did as well it speaks to two things so it's beverly and business i know that you get quite obsessed obsessed about yeah um it's also why i love dolly parton because yes. of her business but anyway that's a whole other episode but i feel that um yeah there's a lot of thoughts about dolly but can there ever be enough said about yeah. dolly um I was going to ask, what was, for people who maybe don't know her music, I mean, shame, 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 obviously, yeah. but what would, what, when did you first come across her and what did you, what song really stuck out for you? Um, How old were you as well? 
oh, a four, now you're really putting me on the spot in terms of how old I was. I'm not entirely sure how old I would have been. Um, so she, uh, oh, I'm trying to think what I, so I was aware of um, Flavor of the Old School, um, but only sort of vaguely aware of it, which was like a debut single. Um, but when, like when people would be aware, like when she got like more mainstream success, she released a song called Shoulda, Woulda, Coulda um off an album called who i am and that um got a lot of mainstream yeah. success she had a a song that i think she wrote with guy chambers who uh, did a lot of work with robbie williams um called come as you are which again was like a big radio hit um of a really great album there was some really really brilliant tracks on that who i am album that never got released anywho um but the reason why I wanted to talk about it today, what I'm annoyed about is I feel like <laughs> she's always been successful. She's always been a great success story, but I kind of feel like now she's getting all the recognition and super mainstream. Like she's on a Saturday night TV show on ITV called Starstruck. She's in, she's at the old Vic and I'm sort of a bit jealous that I feel like the rest of the world is catching up to something that I felt like I was like. So paraphrase, <laughs> yeah. if I may, you're upset that someone who you didn't think had got all the success and recognition that they deserved is finally and that's making you really really angry i mean it's not making me really really angry and i'm delighted for her because i don't i can't think of anybody that's worked so hard for so long that has deserved it as much um but i'm so for some context um i'm not going to come out of this well i don't know why we're going here but like <laughs> when do you ever find uh, well, never there was a one of her tours um i had some time available and some available money so i uh did follow her for a little bit like on the tour so we did i did did go to did you say we like you and beverly tour together yes i did make it sound like that yeah <laughs> That's, so that's... I budgeted myself, popped up her entourage, whether she liked it or not. <laughs> I, I did see seven shows in a row of her tour. Um, and so we, like, so, <laughs> so I met her a number of times. I think, so by my maths, I was trying to work out when I realised I was going to talk about this, I was trying to work out how many times I've seen her live. So I believe now I've seen her live 49 times. Yeah. And the real sad thing here is that it's her 50th birthday this month and um, she's doing a show for her 50th birthday and I can't go to it because I've got a gig. So her 50th birthday celebration would be my 50th time of seeing oh, her. She must be dead. Have you, have you contacted her to Well, see, this is the other thing that makes oh, me really sad. order, not letting you <laughs> <laughs> But see, this is the thing that's really sad is that um, when I had more time in my life and I would go and see her all the time and we would meet each other a lot and she had... Like, and she wasn't as mainstream. Yeah, just just let me have it. Um, she knew who I was. Um, but I, since then, I've grown my hair and put on a significant amount of weight and may or may not use a very slightly different name. Um, and so now I feel like on social media, like, I appear different. And so I wonder if, like, next time she sees me, because it's been a couple of years since I've seen her, I feel like she might, might not remember me. And then I don't, like... This is sad, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, no, it's lovely. I'm loving... <laughs> I have no idea of knowing how delusional it is, to be honest. Oh, totally delusional. I don't want to puncture anything. Well, she sung my name into a song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, right, well, yeah, okay. 
And um, I, like when I saw, she was at doing a festival in Newcastle and me and one of my mates, um, who's also an obsessed, who I, who I met on the Beverly Night Forum back in the day. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, she had us backstage and yeah, we got to oh, eat wow, the food. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, well, thank you for answering my question. So yeah. So what I'm now worried about is Beverly must be thinking, what have I done wrong? Why does he not like me anymore? No, I Why think... is he ghosting me? You have ghosted Beverly Night. Oh, when you put it like that, yeah. You've changed your identity. You've changed your appearance. <laughs> you don't show up at any of her gigs anymore. I do you show up at her gigs. But she doesn't recognise you because you've changed. So you're just lurking incognito. I can't you're go to the next gig. Nice. And also it's harder to, it, like since COVID, it's been harder to see people, blah, blah, blah. Oh, she's, and yeah. she's not toured as much. That's what they all say. I've had that from a minute. Oh, yeah, I've been busy. We're going not to you, see, it's me. We're going to see her in Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very worried about that, about how you're doing to behave. No, it's different. It's different because we won't be in the front row. You always like to get in the front row and in the middle so that she knows that I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. The very first time <laughs> the very first time that I met her, um, she was doing some sort of charity event in Belfast, I think it was. So my brother and I, God helping, my brother came with me because I didn't have anyone else to go. Uh, we flew over to Belfast to see this show, and you could buy like this upgrade where you could meet her beforehand. Um, and it was just so overwhelming that I couldn't do anything other than cry. And my brother had to translate and tell her that I, it was tears of joy. And she gave me this massive poster. She took went and took one of the posters off the wall, and she signed it across her boobs and said, "There you go." Very special. I still have oh, the poster. Oh, there's so much loveliness in this. I know. To be honest, I'm a bit jealous because I don't think I've ever had that sort of um, passion or obsession for one particular person or group or... I mean, I'm, I've got to talk about this before, obsessed with musicals and so Les Mis was the first one probably that I really just yeah. absolutely blew me away. But it's an ensemble thing. It's not that sort of following somebody around and it's not that really love affair. One-sided, possibly. I mean, I think her husband, then boyfriend, probably wouldn't want us to think of it as a love affair. And it's a, it's a purely non-sexual thing, obviously. There are many different types of love affairs. Um, what, like, I, think different, I think most people have something in their lives that's really spoke to them. And music for a lot of people is that. And, you know, um, music is very important to people. And sometimes somebody writes a song that is exceptionally important and like changes your life. And she wrote a song called Gold. Um, and yeah, it's a really important song to me and it's very moving and uh, yeah, it means everything. And I feel like I owe her for putting the song into the world, which I know sounds insane, but it's, yeah, what it did for me is really important. That's really lovely, and I'm now trying to desperately think of something to ridicule you for, but I thought, which is, this is like media for the podcast are sincere, which is not really our brand, No, it? But, but also, I but also, one of the things that I absolutely love is, because um, on one of the tours, I was invited to the uh, tour rap party, um, which was in a nightclub, and um, she's in the VIP area, she doesn't drink, she was drinking tea, out of the, like, had a teapot and everything, I mean, how epic is that? Right? It's, there's something that's exceptionally rock and roll about that. Like, everyone else is just there boozing up. And she's like, no, like, I'll have two. So how, did, how, did uh, how did it happen then that you went from being someone who's crying and is, uh, bless your brother, I have to say, that's a bit lovely. Yeah. I've about that before. But um, uh, from that to and then knowing your name and, know, and your details enough to be able to get in touch with you and invite you to things. How does that happen? Um, do you know what it was? It, uh, Twitter, back in the day. Like, when Twi I joined Twitter because she joined Twitter. 
Um, and then it was like this new way of interacting with people way back before it oh, became well, that, like a cesspool now. Like you're talking directly to them. Yeah. Well, you were. Yeah. It was. Yeah, like we di- for a long time, not long, but for a period we direct messaged and things like that. Um, but yeah, like when it was much lower usage um, and when she didn't have like now she's got like 150,000 followers or whatever, but she was building it then. Um, and yeah, so you'd be able to be like, oh, I'm coming to the show tonight. And before a gig, she would tweet out and then she would reply on that. And obviously there wasn't as much social media then. So it was before Instagram. Um, so it was a much more personal thing. So I, I think for a lot of artists, that was the case that it made much more of a personal connection um obviously twitter's a completely different space now so it's not you know it's not really the same thing but i can remember um like one of her oh god i sound i sound like a stalker i'm not i promise um i remember one like one of the very first tweets was about um like she was recording the album and we were so desperate or we when I say we, I mean me and the people on the Beverly Night Forum. <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt like a really personal connection. And it was before, yeah. obviously, I mean, if they did have people on their accounts for them, you didn't feel it. No, and, and I, I'm, I don't, like, she didn't because we direct message and it was her. Um, and, yeah, it was a really interesting way to, like, learn more about her life and feel a bit of connection. I think that social media is obviously slightly different now. One of the things is that there's much more, you know, Instagram, there's more channels to like competing for the space so i don't think it is as as personal as it was whereas when i would have been at the equivalent age it would all have been uh paper-based fan fan clubs and things like that where you sent things off so maybe that's part of the reason why i didn't have that yeah maybe i mean i had a i was a member of the eternal fan club yes which you used to pay an annual subscription to um in 1996 97 you just work harder than me david um your being crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and i remember they said they would send you like a, a signed poster which was clearly printed um <laughs> i know terrible and there used to be a used to be a, a like a newsletter that came out yes that's produced nonsense yeah 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 she got you into twitter i started using google because graham norton used to unso graham norton <laughs> Did you want one of those phones that Graham Norton had? Do you know like the long phones? Oh, me too. Yeah, on So Graham Norton on yeah, um, so Channel good. 4, right? Yeah. Amazing, amazing yeah. TV. But so we still sort of haven't explained your annoyance, I feel. We're sort of leaping around <laughs> on getting the fact we are back to the fact that you are Right, upset. look, I feel like... She's yours and no one else is alive. No, there. not at all, because... You're locked in a box. No. No, I, I'm delighted that the whole world is appreciating the talent. I mean, like... Prince, so she's a massive fan of Prince, and Prince saw her sing and wanted to sing with her and flew her over um, to L.A. for his Oscars party to sing for everybody because he could recognise what a talent she was. And I'm delighted that the world is finally waking up. But (laughs) I still feel shortchanged because I'm like, some of us were there first, and... You know, and now so you deserve into the golden circle, right? And but because you've changed your name, your hairstyle, your physical oh my god, you're saying it's all my fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> Maybe you weren't attentive enough to Beverly. Maybe David. Maybe too busy having your own life. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But to be clear, here, in terms of the theme of the podcast, what we're saying is mediocre here. It's clearly not Beverly. It's no, clearly, but it's I, your reaction. No, saying your reaction is mediocre, but we're celebrating your reaction. I know. I don't think any of it's mediocre. Loosely related. Why are you wasting our time talking about the media game? How could I not? How can I not talk about Beverly? Because why are we talking about it? Because I was upset when I realised just how difficult it was to get tickets for Silver. Uh, because everybody <laughs> wants to see Beverly. Or everyone just loves going to see plays about the suffragettes. I think there's that too, but, but like. I mean, I would love. The, I love the idea that suffragette history is so mainstream there that you 
I I secretly love the fact that Beverly sells lots of tickets in the West End. It feels like some vindication for the past. She has a song. She's got this song. She's got this song. Um, she's got a song called Square Peg, which is talking about like she's a square peg in a round hole and people have never known really like how to fit her, right? Obviously, you guessed. Um, but what I really like... <laughs> I keep explaining the concept of square well, peg. Not everybody might get it, right? Oh, will do. Yeah. Anyway, um, I feel like she's like found the square hole and it's all sort of working and it's lovely hope for us all david yeah i guess yeah one day also she's a real testament to the fact that like you do your own path and you do your own thing yeah and like it all comes right in the end and like you will be where you're supposed to be and she's got like an amazing relationship with her husband and like what appears from the outside hopefully to be a really fulfilling life but she never seems to have compromised her integrity or character and i think like that really speaks to the honesty in the music and the songs and that's what the original connection was about and so yeah maybe i'm not pissed off about it maybe i just wanted to talk about beverly in the hopes in the hopes come on the podcast <laughs> <you know. laughs> let me into your vip circle yeah no i'm she's doing this show on itv and that's on saturday night it's the second series and it's a big deal it's a really good show actually Starstruck ITV, I think it's 8 o'clock Saturday nights. Um, it just feels like a really mainstream space to see. And I love it, but I'm also like... It's an interesting thing, though. I mean, lots of people talk about this, don't they? And you see it, I think, with people who love indie music and things, where they much prefer the band or the group when it's their secret and they're in a part of... Like you said, you're the forum, the little second yeah. group, it's theirs, you follow them around, you're part of it, you're all in it together, and then they get that mainstream success and then it's just become not you're not annoying much but they become those annoying people who say oh it's not as good and you should have been there or, oh you see it with festivals as well oh yeah. you should have been here but uh, and interestingly like as like a weird gay boy in 1999 it's a weird gay boy in 2023 yeah um it was like i made friends via like the beverly night forum so i have friends that i still have now because of beverly so and the thing that really brought this round is she's playing Mighty Hoopla, which feels like a real mainstream gay um, thing for her to be headlining one of the stages on. And I'm like, I'm going to be competing with all the other gays for her attention, which Ooh. feels... That's not triggering at all, is it? <laughs> this feels like a scenario I never anticipated being in. <laughs> yeah, strangely familiar as well. Yeah. Standing out in the field of gays. So that's the real reason. <laughs> Okay, thank you. You've made it mediocre. Brilliant. That's what Excellent. it was about. Got that at the end. Basically, I'm like, how will she know that I'm there in amongst all these other gays? Because she'll have listened to this, maybe. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just cool, really traumatised about it, and there we are. But um, you should all go and listen to some Beverly music. We should really do a... Um, playlist. Playlist, shouldn't we? Maybe yeah. A playlist, I think. Yeah. Put it on there. Just be a lot of share, Dolly, Beverly. Well, yeah, and problem is... Some spoken word from Jane Fonda. Yeah. Amazing. Beverly, if you are watching, could you record a new album, please? Thanks. Right, <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. If you made it to the end, welcome. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mediocre Gay Pod. Or share your mediocre secrets with us on MediocreGayPod at gmail.com.